HSBC Business Editions Minat. Hello and welcome to this series of podcasts hosted by HSBC in Minat. Over the course of this series, you'll be hearing from regional business owners, HSBC leaders and market experts on themes such as building back stronger from crisis, digital economies, future cities, outlooks and sustainability. Today we are gathered to talk about uh, real estate and construction. So why why does this sector mean a lot to us? Uh, well, firstly, 38% of all energy-related CO2 emissions are emitted from this sector, construction in particular. Uh, while the direction of travel is good, our view is that the pace of change needs to accelerate with the need for a more innovative approach to building technologies, more funding for retrofits, and a greater focus on sustainable construction. I'm going to hand over to Keith Bradley, who joins us from Globally, who has partnered with us on this initiative. Hi, good afternoon. I'm very pleased to be with you all. Thank you, Priya, for the introduction. I'm very excited to be moderating this conversation because I do think it's such an important one. We've had a lot of construction companies and some developers who've joined the Living Business Programme this year who've been asking questions about how they can make their construction sites more sustainable, how they can make their building programs more sustainable. So I'm really pleased to be here with three very expert people in this field. I'm going to ask each of them to introduce themselves very briefly. First of all, uh, turning to Tushant from Multiplex. Tushant's been at Multiplex for almost seven years. And I know he's got a wealth of experience uh, on the ground, on construction sites and making them greener. Tushan, can you just say a few words about what Multiplex is doing in this area? At Multiplex, we're, we're genuinely committed to create a positive impact, positive impact on the environment, people and the communities that we operate in. And I think from a, for the Middle East business, our journey actually commenced in 2013 when we were awarded the design and build contract for Irena headquarters in Mazda City. And that was a learning curve and an introduction to sustainability in construction. Since then, we've come a long way. In 2018, circa 2019, we were the first company in the Middle East region to commit to the science-based targets initiative, which means that we've committed that we will align our direct and indirect emissions. So emissions stemming out of the supply chain and the decisions made by our clients. We would be committing to reduce that and align that with the 1.5 degree climate science. And we've aligned ourselves with the with the Green Building Councils of the world. So we have representation on the board of World Green Building Council, Emirates Green Building Council and the UKJBC. Thank you very much, Tushan. That was a great introduction. Turning to Dr. Anas. Dr. Anas, you, I mean, you wear many hats, but I guess the one most relevant to the people on this call is your involvement in the Center of Excellence for Smart Construction. I think that's a fairly new body uh, that started in the region recently. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it's aiming to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, thank you Keith, for the invite. And it, what we mean by that is the government, industry and academia partnerships purpose behind this partnership is to um, transform the construction industry and the built environments. Uh, the focus themes within the Centre for Excellence Smart Construction um, is to uh, lead and, and enable innovations and smart technologies in the construction industry, mainly challenging three themes, uh, productivity, performance, sustainability, and well-being. So these are the three themes. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Anas. Turning now to Hamoda. Hamoda is uh, a member of the Qatar Green Building Council, 
Amoda, could you just say a few words about what's going on in Qatar at the Green Building Council and maybe a bit more also about the global organization? So Green Building Council and Qatar Green Building Council, uh, we shape our programs, initiatives and outreach within three main interconnected, I would say, pillars between looking to climate action uh, and then circularity in general and in the core uh, well-being, well-being speaking of planet and people. So well-being in general, we look at the well-being in, in a more comprehensive manner. So interweaving the three, let's say, these domains, you get several enabling projects or programs or tools or capacity building and training, uh, public outreach like Sustainability Week or awards, certifications tool like the Green Key for Hospitality. And we are shaping a big focus over the past couple of years in hospitality sector, for instance, greening the hospitality sector. So it's it's quite a dynamic stage that we are in. And you'll find the same in several green building councils in the region, Emirates, GBC. I mean, they, are, they do lots of great work uh, and looking into similar aspects. And in general, if you go to the bigger umbrella of the world GBC, which, which multiplex is a big contributor to the bigger global GBCs as well, uh, you will find the connecting themes. So you have race to net zero as the hashtag. And you can, out of this hashtag, you can find a whole lot lots of interconnected contributions from several GBCs around the globe, race to net zero, race to better places, and race to resilience. So these are a couple of, I'd say, overarching campaigns running in parallel in different places around the globe. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much, Amada. Yeah, Yeah, it's certainly a race. It's a race we're all on, and we need to move faster along. So... I'd like to start by maybe talking about the situation on construction sites, because that's, uh, I mean, construction sites, there's lots of diesel, there's lots of water, there's lots of cement, there's lots of waste. Tushan, do you think you could say a few, I know this is an area that multiplex and you, you personally have done a lot of work in and give us some pointers as to where companies should start. I think data in today's world is generally one of the key enablers. And collating that data and understanding the data with the IT things has just become relatively a lot easier now. So we we actually commenced the journey just through data collection. And while we were doing so in 2017, as a business, we realized that across our projects in the UAE alone, we were spending circa 30 to 35 million dirhams on diesel alone. And this is purely based on the fact that I would say 95 to 97% of the construction site in the Middle East region are just powered through through diesel generators. You're just not able to tap into the grid. We started integrating multiple technologies on our site. So now I would say pretty much 100% of the sites are powered through hybrid generators, which just stems out better efficiency. We then offset a bit of the carbon footprint through on-site solar PVs. On the, on the site offices and the car parks there. And then we've also commissioned the first Tesla battery in the Middle East on a construction site, which was at ICT Brookfield Place. This entire arrangement over the years has not only helped us reduce our carbon footprint by 60%, but there's also been a considerable savings in cost and the operating margins to the business. So I would say power optimization was a first step. The second was since, again, 2016, 2017, we worked very closely with a regional SME called Neutral Fields. And all our worker fleets and site offices sites were powered through their fuel. And what they do is they, they've tied up with the McDonald's, the KFCs of the world, use their used cooking oil, treat it, 
and then it's reused. So pretty much embedding circularity and circular economy principles into what we do from a power perspective. The third aspect I would say is that we're really advocating DFMA, which is designed for manufacturing and assembly. And we actually walked the top on neighborhood one residences, which was 500 apartments for Etihad Airways in Mustar City. And the toilets, the kitchens, all were fabricated off-site. It was pretty much a plug-and-play like Lego on-site. Not as easy as a Lego, but uh, on the same concept and the same lines. All the MEP was prefabricated off-site. And what we realized was that we were able to reduce the waste intensity by a factor of almost 50%. So the entire development was all precast, modular. That's the direction that, that we should be taking as a team, as an industry, um, as a region. And then second is understanding where your materials are coming from and just going back and collaborating with, with the supply chain. So for instance, a lot of our drywall comes from Jipra and all the waste is segregated on site and sent back to the factory in Abu Dhabi for recycling again. Yeah, I think if the design's right, we're using the right data tools. I think digitization has evolved with BIM. There should be minimal wastage, minimal reworks on site anyways. Fantastic, fantastic. Good. Anything uh, Hamoda or, or, or uh, Dr. Anas would like to add to that? I can add that construction sites are typically overlooked when it comes to sustainability. So you focus on the design side, how you design the building, and then you jump to how you operate. And not to mention the air pollution. I mean, yes, we care about energy. We care about water and minimizing waste, but there's a also, equal and attention should be paid into things like air quality and and wellness and well-being of people and workers on the site, and especially in in our climate. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Hamuda, around the well-being of not just the occupants but also the workers who've been working on yes. construction sites. I think yeah. that's a great source of employment for migrant workers in the Middle East, North Africa region. Yeah. So definitely, I, I completely agree that. As important as energy and materials are, the well-being of migrant workers is equally important from a sustainability, ethical business perspective and longevity of organizations. Now, I was going to add to this, it's definitely refreshing to, to, to see developers and, and contractors working towards uh, sustainability. And as I mentioned, that some of this is actually faced with a lot of challenges, mainly because of some of the policies. i give you this as an example. You can't really change anything to do with material, which is the biggest contributor to, to carbon emission in, in, in our construction and buildings. Cement was mentioned as one of the materials, and, and you're talking about the, the product cement itself and, and the concrete. It's the, the, the nature of it, from cradle to grave or cradle to cradle, is, is so not sustainability friendly at all. Yeah. So there is really some serious thoughts that need to be brought into that whether it's from production itself and the material and, and, and localizing the material, et cetera, all the way to utilizing other material. Why do we need to use concrete? And I know it's, this is will require a huge shift, yeah. um, but it is, it is the way that we need to shift. And we see some, some practices, places in, in countries in Europe where they've moved away from, from concrete. I think just to add to that, realistically don't have any alternates to concrete. But having said that, there's a huge opportunity of understanding that while we're constructing new developments at a very aggressive pace on how we can reuse the existing structures, we do have structures which are 20, 25, 30 years old, which might potentially get demolished. But there's a huge opportunity to just refurb them. Uh, we can refurb the facade, upscale the building envelope, because from a concrete and steel perspective, 
the life cycle is still 65, 70 years. I think that's a huge win as well for the region. Uh, very true, very true, Kishan. Yeah, I know it's going to become more and more of a indeed uh, opportunity for the region yes. as the, the existing building stock ages and and it um, reduces your cost as well. Yeah, I know we touched on that too, Shant, but maybe uh, there's more that could be said about water scarcity and how to manage it. I can just add a couple of things, easy best practices that can be done on sites. Capturing things like water condensates. I mean, all of our sites on on construction site use air conditioning, and things coming, the water coming condensate coming from that can be usable. The treatment plant, the water treatment plant, are quite small now and affordable. In our region, is more important than energy. The water efficiency is is, is should be on, on the top of our priorities, even before energy efficiency. But perhaps if we just can just take a, sort of ten seconds each, go around. Is there anything, any single thing that you would recommend the listeners here do when they go back to work um, later today or this week to make a difference? Tushan, one thing. I would say it would be site office energy efficiency followed by ah. solar. I think it's the key is engagement to engage everyone on site from workers to project managers to owners. Everyone needs to be on board. Everyone can contribute and will contribute. And us? I would, I would take, I'll take it to, towards labor camps because if you show that and if you do the real aspects of sustainability from the labor camps, the same labors will, will make sure that they, they'll follow the same thing at your site as well. So two, two birds and one stone. Fantastic. Thank you all very much. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much, guys. I'm uh, fascinated, actually. As I started out, I talked about the fact that uh, this, this sector is uh, slightly behind our peers. And uh, it looks like across uh, all the different topics you discussed, you know, we are making some pretty exciting progress. And uh, thank you so yeah. much for sharing your experiences and your views, because as... Uh, you know, our participants think about what they want to do and the projects they choose. I think you guys have been an inspiration in terms of, you know, what the art of the possible is. And uh, Keith, as ever, thank you for joining us and did a brilliant job moderating and wish you all the best. Do stay connected, uh, do stay in touch. That's it for this edition of HSBC Business Editions. Subscribe now to be updated with our latest episodes. We look forward to welcome you to the next episode.